Hi, Stan. Welcome to Scatterbrained, episode four. How you doing, Dan? Doing good, Ian. I'm glad we get to squeeze in another episode this week. Uh, early afternoon show today. Uh, we're going to squeeze one in. I'm going on no sleep. Been working all night, and uh, I'm on lunch break. And you're on lunch break. <laughs> Excellent. So, you know. So why are we here? Well, I just wanted to talk more about music and stuff. That's what we do, right? Apparently, um, <laughs> usually metal. But sometimes uh, people have different tastes, and I'm, I think kind of like you, eclectic, depending on the mood, if I'm tired, what I'm doing, who's around, I can listen, I can listen to different stuff, you know? And for some people who don't know me from a certain time of life, it might be surprising to know that I like things like techno and hip-hop and stuff like that. So um, do you have any unusual, unexpected tastes? What, are we, ta- what least- are we talking about today? We're talking about body count? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I put it on my list and then I saw that you had it on the list too or something <laughs> to talk about. I, I really like their most recent album. I think it's probably their best album. It's actually really, it's really good. Dude. It's really entertaining. I've listened to it like four times in the last couple of days and just I'm kind of surprised that the first few songs especially are really, really it's good. It's so heavy. Yeah, and I didn't realize until a little bit later, like the second day I was listening to it, that uh, the singer for Power Trip is on the second song. Did you notice that? I didn't, actually, when I heard that, because it's like the second track, right? Well, I was trying to figure out who the hell was screaming. To me, it sounded like Jamie Josta, but he's does, because I knew he does a different album, or a different track on that album. The third one. The third one. And then he does the third one on the last album, or Manslaughter from 2014, I think. He does a song on there, too. Same with Max Kelleher, does does a couple tracks there. But, um... I like how he reviews or he he revisit he revisits some of his old songs. I don't really listen to hip hop, so I don't know the songs, but I know when he's like redoing it because he puts the date after the, uh-huh. the song, like, like Colors twenty twenty. You like that song? Oh, yeah, that's a good great. song. It's a great version. I don't know the original. Though. The original was I think from eighty eight from the movie Colors. It was the soundtrack. Oh really? Yeah. Never saw that movie, so it's pretty good. Um, I'm surprised you didn't see it that would during the time like you would have had yeah. more time to. I've never, I've it. never really been into hip hop. Like hip hop and country are kind of a. Uh, They've escaped you, huh? Well, especially country is just god awful. So, but um, so Johnny Cash isn't country then. I, I kind of like. I kind of like the whole 1987 when Anthrax kind of mixed with a what, Run DMC or something, and started doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was entertaining. I like that. I heard a very interesting podcast with Rick Rubin the other day, actually, that uh, he was talking about doing that album or that track with them. the oh, I'm the man or whatever oh, oh anthrax I was, for some reason I was thinking about they did talk about that I was thinking about the um, run DMC with Aerosmith I'm sorry oh it was Aerosmith that's right yeah. they went with anthrax too that was uh, oh god bring the noise yeah and um oh, what the hell that's run DMC I thought that was run DMC yeah, yeah. so that was with anthrax and so so they did they were with Aerosmith as well in the 80s they did some sort of crossover thing. Yeah, some crossover. Yeah, see, Aerosmith just... Uh, you the, know, um, what is it? They stopped doing drugs and they kind of sucked. <laughs> it's a fact. That happens. their last good album, like um, Aerosmith. God. I don't know. I don't listen to Aerosmith. You no, know, really. the stuff in the 70s is pretty good. But there was one album, like the last one they did drugs before they fell apart. And then and then they came out with all the flamboyant stuff and all the radio mm-hmm. rock and... Eesh. 
Scorpions did the same thing about the same time, remember? Judas Priest tried it. That was all about the same time, like 86, 87. They all went like this kind of glam route. Well, that was the competition, right, in, in like L.A. and stuff, in the L.A. scene, right? It was kind of when Thrash was coming up with sort of that metal versus the hair band. Uh, I suppose. People, right? Yeah, I suppose. But um, new body count, though, man. I'm telling you. The first three were just killer. The, the, just so, bam, bam, oh, the bam, songs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you like the one previously, Bloodlust? From yeah, I've heard. I've listened to that. Was that the black black cover? Black with, hoodies uh, on there. Yeah. I think I listened to it once or twice, and it just, maybe I didn't think it was near as good as Manslaughter. But damn, what happened this last album? The guitar player. You know, it's kind of that guitar player's band, really. Well, he writes the music. I think. Actually, well, and then right? I, I read an interview with Ice T recently, actually, and he was saying that he basically started the band because he he likes metal, like Black Sabbath and, and Slayer here are his favorites, and um, one of his best friends plays guitar, and he's like. I just needed an outlet for Ernie C to, to do his thing, you know. And the more I listened to it, I realized that it's kind of his band. Ice T's the star power, you know. Mm-hmm. Did Ernie did Ernie play with any other bands? I don't th- I don't think so. Huh? Yeah, I think it's just him helping his buddy. So out. he so he just uh, he just plays like he just happens to be a guitar guitar player. He's his he buddy just... who plays guitar, and, and he knew he was good, and he is pretty good. I actually, I, I listened to their first album from 1992, I think, a couple days ago. Just I have the cassette tape of that with uh, the original cassette tape with Cop Killer on it. Remember how they took that song off mm-hmm. in order, and then he left the, the label, I think it was Warner Brothers, right? And then he left the label. Yeah, I have that old cassette with Cop Killer on it, but I revisited it, um, not the cassette, but a couple days ago, and I was cracking up at how entertaining it was for all of us, working at the kite shop, <laughs> cruising around at lunchtime, you know? Blasting fucking body count. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I think this album's awesome. But the one one thing I'm that kind of surprised to hear you say that. I was wondering what you were going to say. Well, it's so heavy. It is so heavy. It starts off heavy. really it's heavy. Hell, yeah. It's heavy, heavy, heavy. And the thing that I wanted to know is though, what you thought about the Ace of Spades. Remake. It's not a. It's not a good version. No, the vocals just don't work. Yeah. I love Ice T and everything, and he's trying everything, but. You gotta have something rough with that song, really. Yeah, that's true. Let me so, his own. That's my skip song. That one and the one about um, a Nipsey Russell getting killed. I like that one. No, it's a good song. It's I like it. It a starts lot. off kind of like cheesy, and I'm like, oh no, not one of these. And then it kicks in, and it saves it. Because uh-huh. it doesn't start off like it's oh no, this is the ballad coming. Oh. Um, I didn't think that because I just went and just listened to it straight through and didn't know I didn't. Look yeah, the first the time I heard that, you're like, bing, bing, bing. the guitar is like the soft guitar starting. I just skipped it. But the second time around, I listened to it, and it's a great song. Yeah, I think it's one of the better on there, actually. It's like pretty heavy, but then it's like the emotional. It's a pretty emotional, too, you know? And like it's got the uh, female vocals on it. Is there a throwaway song on that album? I can't believe I like it. Maybe the Ace of Spades. Yeah, Ace of Spades. I I can't believe I like a body count. Well, I I owned their first three albums when they were, you know. And, uh, and you owe so that I video guess, too. I guess I like them, right? <laughs> you owe that videotape too, which was... Oh yeah, and then about the manslaughter CD. Yeah, I'll shut up. So yeah, I like them. <laughs> but yeah, and that DVD we watched... Oh, it was a DVD up that was a VHS tape. It was during the fires of 2003, I think, in Southern California. And they did the show anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And so everyone was like... Just empty. Packed. It was well, empty. Well, no, no, right? it, was pa- it was packed in there because it was like, what else are we going to do? Everything's on fire, right? I remember and it being empty going. when they were there. Like, the crowd was kind of out into it and stuff like that. And It seemed like a big crowd. Yeah. You should think, watch it again. Revisit it. 
Little Ice, like, Little Ice, yeah, come on. That's the part that I thought was kind of a little <laughs> Come on, Little Ice, come on up. Oh, jeez. And then he, felt, I, he looked very... Doesn't uncool. he have his kid who was like seven or eight or nine at the time? That's Little Same cop killer? Yes, Little... No, yeah. Was it cop killer he had a sense in? He's like saying, fuck, wasn't he saying fuck the police or something? That was... Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. And he, the, the, the boy looked awkward and he was young. Yeah, so he was really was way of, too young to be up there. I think. Yeah. It, was, it looked like a fun show, though. Yeah, that part I didn't like about it. But anyways, this album is fantastic. One thing, one of the things I really do like about it too is it's not so like just straight up, like intentionally just crude and almost cringeworthy. Like some of the stuff he'd say during songs or in between songs on the original albums were just kind of cringeworthy. Like you know, like suck my motherfucking dick and that kind of shit. It's like, ee, did you have to really say that right there? But he didn't do any of that kind of stuff on the on the new. Well, actually, the last few albums. Well, I don't know. That song, No Remorse. It's <laughs> like, I'm That's gonna, you know. <laughs> oh, what? I, if you were hungry, I wouldn't feed you a bowl of hot I would, shit. Uh, yeah. If you were on fire, I wouldn't piss on you. <laughs> if you were on fire, I wouldn't piss on you. If you were hungry, I wouldn't feed you a bowl of hot shit. Oh my God, I died laughing. What was the other thing he said, too? Um, if I hurt your feelings, it was intentional. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. I don't give a fuck what you feel. Yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, probably the third would be the Ace of Spades. I agree, but other than that, it's good. Nobody can cover a Motorhead song correctly. And I think the closest that I heard like to a really good cover was uh, Sodom. Actually, I think it was uh, was that Ace of Spades. No, I, I go. Oh, what was it? I just listened to it the other day. It's a good song too. It is Iron Fist. They do a really good version of Iron Fist. Never heard of that. Or never heard that. So when when did that come out? When was that then? Long time. The ago. cover. The probably, cover. The cover. Probably twenty or twenty five years ago. So those guys are still playing. I think I saw them. Uh, yeah, and I love the way he's got his mic up like Lemmy did now, and he's got like the mutton chops. Oh really? The same kind of straight long hair. I was like, is this the new Lemmy? I mean, he plays bass and sings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I didn't really discover Sodom until recently. Do you like them at all? It was like three years ago when I finally decided I'm gonna listen to the new album. What was it? Uh, um, uh, uh, what was it called? Uh, what was what was um, Normandy? Normandy was what was the name of the album? Retribution. Oh, I can't remember. It was a good album though. And then I kind of backtracked and I realized why I didn't like them in the eighties was because they were kind of shitty punk, kind of like this like cheesy sort of punky sound. They did like two really good metal albums and then they kind of went punk through the 90s for the most of it. And then they just went back to thrash and their, their last few albums were really good. You don't can't, listen to I can't say I really listen to that. They've come up and stuff on like when I hit random shuffle or some random yeah. playlist, but no, I can't say I follow them or anything. Yeah, some of their earlier stuff is, is passable, so they're doing some good good new stuff. Like the new uh, drawing, Dan? It, yeah, it's a little... Really our, our new banner. The new banner. That, that, that's the banner. You're going to make a flag and fly it off It's going to be uh, 8 by 20 feet. We're going to have it in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Roommates will love that. I'm sure. Do you, do you have a, a prospect on a new roommate? Not yet. Hmm. Nope. Not yet. That's all right. I can tell you're torn up so, about having so, the whole place to okay, yourself. I'm going to go off subject here for a second. <laughs> Yesterday, I was... 
I was like just getting up and getting, you know, getting the cobwebs out because I had to go to work. I had to be there at nine. And I was just getting in the shower and all of a sudden I heard someone knocking on my door. Like, pop, 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 pop. And I didn't answer it for a second because I was just getting in the shower and I was like, fuck. So I came out of the bathroom and I opened the door no one's there. And I looked down the hallway and no one's there and the store's closed and everything. And then I hear his toilet flush upstairs. And I was like, okay, that was a little weird. And so I texted him, I said, did you just knock? Because no one was there. And then I just heard your toilet flush. That's a little creepy. He's all, I didn't know that my house was haunted. It was what he said. That was his reply. <laughs> I didn't know my house was haunted. It was just kind of an, it was like, uh, does that mean he fucking did know? You know what I mean? And, but when I came home this morning from work, I was putting my bags down and I was talking to Stanley and everything. And I heard, I heard what sounded just like a cat's, like a kitten's meow coming out of my closet. Like meow. And I was like, no, I didn't hear that. So I just came back out here, you know, I took my scrubs off and everything, but I had to look in my closet because there was a kitten's, a kitten's meow coming out of my fucking closet, dude. Even Stan like looked over at the closet. I'm like, oh my God, you're really kidding me, right? And then, well, I knew the, I knew the um, property manager was coming to get my rent and he was going to come in the back door and everything, but I didn't hear from him. He never texted me back. And then Stan's like sitting there staring at the door and like tilting his head. And then I come out here and no one's here. And then he texts me like a half hour later. He's like, oh yeah, I just had to breeze in and out and get the, get the rent right. So I could smell his cologne and everything, but it's just like, what the fuck? And then right before Chris left here, right before he moved out, he's like, did you turn the oven on? And I'm like, I don't think so. Come out here in the ovens, one of the burners is on, fucking blazing hot. Um, he's all, am I tripping, man? Am I tripping? I'm all, I don't know. I don't so know. you live in a haunted house? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if it was just him being drunk and he left it on and was like, ghosts, you know, but. That, the knock thing was a little weird. And the toilet flushing and the cat. I mean, it sounds like a several Well, no, I just came out. There's no one here. And it was obvious. There's like, you could tell no one had been in here. The doors were closed. And then right then I heard his, so he couldn't have gone upstairs and flushed the toilet that quick is what I'm saying. So it's just weird. And then I text him. I'm like, did you knock? No. <laughs> well, I know you're a believer in aliens and such. Yeah, not so, much, in... not so much of the ghost stuff though. No, but, that's what know, I was going to ask you now. Not a spe- I mean, I don't disbelieve, but it's like. People see things in the corner of their eyes. All, I do all the time. You, you know, things in your eye or just, you know, a little schmutz or whatever. You're trying to clear your eye out or it could be anything. You're tired or it could be a cat runs across the driveway and you didn't see it, you know, directly and it's boom, it's gone. What was that? So I don't know about the whole ghost thing. If a ghost like popped up in front of me. <laughs> if you saw the oven turn on or something, I guess. <laughs> If I watched it turn on, like I've seen the videos of like poltergeists and stuff. You've seen that where like cabinets are like flying open and stuff. I've and seen dishes stuff. shooting across the kitchen and stuff. I've seen stuff like that. I think it's a lot of bullshit. You think it's, you think it's all like a lot of bullshit. Fishing wire and people pulling. I'm not out. sure what it is. But some of it. I mean, looks they do stuff in real. movies and it looked realistic. So yeah, why pretty, couldn't some you? Some of it looks pretty damn real. The, the one in Santa Clara, the house in Santa Clara, they left um, cameras throughout the house because people couldn't even live in there. They were getting like physically attacked. I'm like, well, fucking out of here. Uh-huh. And this one couple said the thing actually followed them. But the, um, these document documenters came in, they put cameras around the house and one was in the garage, right? Just facing like the door, like say you're going in the garage. So the garage door's closed and there's a camera and it's going down a hallway and there was like, there's a cap, you know, like a carpenter's cap and there's like a hard hat and some tools. And they let it sit there for two weeks and like five or six days into the constant filming, all of a sudden you see like a shadow go across the back of the hallway and then, and then the hard hat goes fling and like flicks across the, uh, the, um, the middle of the garage and it looks really 
freaking weird the way it all and he's he was like day five or day six or something mm-hmm. and it's like that's a that's a lot to go through to hoax that just like a cap flipping you know like a shadow and then a flick and that was it over two weeks uh, and that was enough for me to go that was that was not normal I know people family friends and family that have had experiences um, that are pretty interesting there's one family friend uh, they lived in this house when I was a kid and they lived there for a very long time they've since moved but I would always be have you know family parties or, or you know get-togethers there at their house, and we'd play on the computer upstairs and stuff. And you know, parents are downstairs. It'd be nighttime. Kids are running out, whatever it is. And I would remember sometimes I would feel creeped out. I wonder how upstairs. much. I wonder how much of that is the human mind doing that though, because mm-hmm. I mean, the mind's pretty powerful. Well, listen, <laughs> I am. They, so I always felt that like I'd, I'd be up there, like I'd be. There was this one bathroom in particular where they bite up where the computer was, and I would just. They're, if they were all going downstairs because dinner was going, I was playing the computer or something, I would like feel the need to just like get out. I would always feel creeped out. Well, different family members, the, the, the son, the daughter, the mother and the father, all four of them that lived there, they all had experiences where they saw something. And the consensus between them was that it was a lady who was dressed like the old, like you'd think like a colonial time. Oh, they saw something. They saw it. Oh, wow. They saw it. And she would come down the stairs and like go around the corner. I don't remember the exact, all the details of the full story, but I heard this. And these people were not, you know, making it up. They would... I, got, I just got goosebumps. They would, they would go out of country to visit their visit family. And I think it was the father. He was there by himself. Powering off. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> right? He would, he would be... Uh, yeah, so I guess that one time the family was, was in... I think they're... I don't remember where they were. Maybe they were on vacation. No, they wouldn't have been on vacation. I don't remember why they were out of the country, but they were in Argentina visiting family for some reason. And the father was there, and he was asleep, and he felt someone like get into bed with him. <laughs> he was asleep, and he felt it. <laughs> and apparently... He could see there was like an impression. Oh, no, no, no. And then, and then like he got up and turned the lights and then the phone rang and it was his wife calling him and be like, Hey, I just wanted to call you and make sure like you were okay or whatever it was. Like oh, she like, had like, a, there was a, maybe there was something. I, I don't remember. But she called him she at like that time and it was the middle of the yeah. night. Yeah. So I don't discount it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so much, so much we can't explain. Yeah. I was thinking about like you know like the whole UFO topic too. It's like when they when they went down 1960 when they went down to Challenger to Challenger Deep in that in the Trieste I think it was called that you know the tube with the little sphere on the bottom that the two guys were in and their only lifeline was and they went like what 15 miles down to the very bottom of the Marianas Trench and ever it's like there's no way there's life anywhere below a certain level because of the pressure is just too great right. And they get down to the bottom after hours of, of just slowly going down there. And there's life everywhere in those depths. So how can you explain that? Really? The pressure is amazing. Nothing should be there, but there's Things life. Things evolve. There's these large worms. I think they're worms. And they are maybe some sort of shrimp. Life is tough as well. Very, yeah. Very, very, very deep down. I saw it on um, the planet Earth, Discovery Planet Earth, like those... Oh, yeah. Uh, documentaries. They have those. I think they're, I want to say they're large shrimp, but really large, like big. Like uh, transparent, like sea. Yeah, and they, they, they huddle around these geothermic vents, 
where the temperature is a thousand degrees or right. whatever it is, and they live and they thrive down there and with like, no sunlight. Yep. Yeah, and it's very very deep. Well, so, they they didn't have a camera down there, I don't believe. Um, no, the sediment was all stirred up and it had to settle and everything. I don't think they had a camera with them. But so this is two people who come up and they describe these things that like an anglerfish, you know, that demon-looking fish with the yeah, yeah, that the little hanging light thing. In front they of. describe all that stuff, and everyone's like, you know, basically like, you know, bullshit, right? And so, but they ended up getting samples sooner or later up to the surface to prove they're really down there, right? And there are some ugly, creepy, weird ass looking creatures down there. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. It's like how how are they even living at the at that pressure anyway? But then they they have like weird lights so they can see in the de- in the darkness down there. You know the um. What do you what do you call it? The, the, Bioluminescence. Yeah, thank you. But they all have different colors. You know, like the anglerfish has like a color here, and then the, where's the other fish in? That has those big old chopper teeth. What is yeah. that thing? I mean, you couldn't really like draw that out of your own like worst nightmares in your head, really. And there it is. It's down there. Down there. I used to go out in the summertime on this boat out of Dana Point. It was like a science boat. Float. They called it the floating lab or something. We did it with school, and we'd do it glass bottom. Uh, no, it wasn't glass bottom, but they'd take you out on this, you know, you could go whale watching on it or a fishing boat. I mean, it was just a boat, you know, but they had lab equipment and different things on there. So they'd show you how they did water tests and things. And they had had this thing called the Peterson grab, which was essentially these metal jaws. And it was just the, like, almost like a, um, excavator, you know, like, I don't mm-hmm. know what you call the correct yeah. machine, but where it can grab and move big, large amounts of dirt, almost like a claw. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they they drop it down a mile or two down, whatever it was, and they'd grab sediment at the bottom and bring it up, and they had all kinds of weird worms, and they'd get like little fish in there that was dead. They probably discovered new species, I would assume. I would presume that tool was instrumental in that, but I don't think we were discovering new things um, when we were there necessarily. They knew what they all were, you know. But they were very strange. I remember seeing like fish, and they they were from so deep that when they'd come up, the lack of the pressure, they'd have this big, like, bulbous-looking neck because like their air bladder would be... Because, you know, so much, <laughs> such the lack of pressure, you know? Right. Throw them right. back, and I hopefully they... Yeah, I did hear that when they brought those, the anglerfish up, they had to preserve them in such a way, otherwise they basically, like, just disintegrate. They're mm-hmm. just gone. You can't... Yeah, so I forgot how they did it, but, you know, it's like a, a process to get them in a museum so you can actually see them. Because otherwise, yeah, pressure's completely different. But what about like they find in like in Antarctica they can dig like cores down into the into the snow and then they they pull up uh, all kinds of crap. Russia was digging, weren't they drilling down to a lake an underground lake in the middle of Antarctica? I think they I think they reached it, and people are afraid that it's like a whole like a whole environment of its own, right? Because there's a, a freshwater lake at the bottom of Antarctica. They found it with with sonar, and um, they've been digging forever. I mean. I think it's miles, dude. It's a long way. And it took them a long time. And I think they just reached it last year or two years ago. And I remember reading about scientists who were freaked out because they are afraid they were going to like release some sort of like bacteria you know, or something. Yeah, I, I heard something about that. I mean, because they didn't know what they were going to find. But the thing is, once they got there, I never really heard what they did find. It's like all of a sudden that whole story went away. Maybe the flat earthers kept you... From finding out about that, they don't don't they believe that there's no Antarctica? There's some ice wall that I didn't hear covers that. I the hear the that. whole like edge of the flattest flat disc that we're supposedly living I just, on. Well, I did recently hear that their ex- explanation for gravity because if it's a flat plane, 
there's not going to be gravity. Their explanation is we are progressively shooting upwards faster and faster and faster through time. And that's how we feel gravity. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Especially when you can go outside and prove to yourself that the, the earth is a sphere, right? Can't I think it's that. ridiculous. You can't yeah. tell them that. <laughs> oh, um, the, the concave, you know, like the, the, the roundish windows or the oval windows on airplanes. You know how it's kind of got that like weird... That's the explanation like, for why you can see the curvature of the yeah, Earth. Yeah, because <laughs> or, when you're that high, how can you see the curvature of the Earth in the airplane? Well, because the windows are all like... They mess with them so people think that they're seeing like, you know, drop off or what it's like. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, how about this they're one? 30,000 feet up! They can, they can, there's, a, there's a bridge. I think it's in China. It's like the longest bridge in the world. And apparently because of the curvature of, of, of the Earth... They couldn't make the uprights parallel to each other. They had to kind of be wonky right. relative to each other because they have because of that that exact that exact reason. The curvature of the Earth at the straight line doesn't put them where it needs to go. Synchronicity. I just read that too, like two days ago. Oh yeah, that is so weird. Yeah, because they're not because of the curvature. You have to account for that. You know, like other architecture too, like big buildings or big bridges. Anywhere you have to account for that. Slight curvature, right? You would have to. You would I, have to. I think on a small if, enough if scale, flat, it doesn't also, matter. You would see to the edge. I mean, you would see. If it was a clear day and you didn't have mountains and all that kind of crap, you would see to the edge if it was flat. You can hold it like a pendulum. Just stand there and watch it. Watch the way it... Oh, well, if it's flat, how is, how is that happening? Well, have you seen the... Uh, Are we like spinning like this going well, yeah, straight up? Yeah. Well, that's it. Have, down at the... Uh, Science Museum, Natural History Museum, I think, down in Belleville Park. They have this pendulum that's up on the, I think it's the top floor, or the second, second, second floor. And they have it, they, have the, they set these dominoes out, and it's like this, I don't know if it's, what, what, if they have the time or whatever. I don't know what the measurements are all the way around, but they set these dominoes on it. I've seen it. And there. they essentially just set it off, I guess. They get it going. And it's staying because it's on a pendulum that doesn't move, except right. for back and forth. And you can see because the earth could because the earth is rotating, right? That it'll it's hit, hit the moving. one as it goes. It'll hit the one domino down, and then it'll keep going back and forth. Eventually, hits the next one down, and it's a pendulum, so it's not moving. You can run a pendulum and twist the top, and it's still going to go this way. You know. So, what's your genius explanation for that, flat earthers? <laughs> right. I would love to talk to someone in person that really believes that that just I, to hear. I just I watched a. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I watched a YouTube thing where these people were in Antarctica and they were filming the time lapse so you could see like how you had six months day, six months night, right? And so they had it so it's like you could see the sun on the horizon just barely going over uh -huh. the horizon and then back down you see the flag whipping, you see all the shadows and everything and the flat earther like laid out all this, all this explanation as to why that was all bullshit. I couldn't believe it. And this one guy, he goes... He goes, bro, I'm from Scotland, and I've been down to Antarctica four or five times. Trust me, the Earth is a sphere. <laughs> I laughed so hard. It's yeah. so funny. Anyway, so that's about all we need to talk about that, I guess. I think so. How about the moon hoaxers? That's a better topic for you. That shit pisses me <laughs> off. You know, it never even occurred to me until maybe 10 years ago when I started like researching the whole UFO subject, that there are people out there, and this is thanks to YouTube, I'd read the comments, like I'd watch a moon documentary or something, you know, going to the moon, and I'd start reading the comments, and it's like, oh my God, there's a few people in here who think this is all bull crap. They think it was all fate. It's like, what would be more difficult? 
faking it or just freaking going to the moon. And you got 400,000 people who are all being faked as well, or they're all in on it. And since we pulled it off the first time, let's do it again. Let's pull the wool. Let's build a huge rocket, shoot it to nowhere. You know, it's empty, obviously, because they're all on a soundstage, like, we're, you know, filming sure. it or whatever. And then let's do it again. And then let's fake an accident in space. Yeah, let's do that. What, let's go, oh, he stirred the cryo tanks and then kaboom. And, oh, that's too bad. I don't think they're going to make it back. And they make it back. Hooray! Fake all that, too. And let's fake a couple more shots to the moon since we're pulling it over. Give me a freaking break. I can't believe it's a thing. I, yeah. I just can't believe it. In, 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 I don't believe it either, but at some point it's going to come come to light when they have SpaceX and the thing that Jeff Bezos is doing. That What's his company? They just took pictures of the sites on the moon. Like they just finally had it so they have cameras and they get close enough order because people, well, you can't see if, you know, if you have a really powerful telescope, even you can't see where they were. It's like, that's a, it's pretty big friggin' moon. I mean, for, for our planet, we have like the biggest moon for a planet that we know of, right? I mean, it's huge. It's like another planet basically right there. Now they have the pictures of it and their explanation for why that's all crap is that, well, we just put robots on, on the surface to, to make all the tracks and everything to, to make it look like humans were there. It's like, what would be harder? Putting yourself on the moon or building moon? a robot to go and plant everything? It's just ridiculous, dude. They even had like, they even had, uh, what was that? They even had um, on Mythbusters, you were talking about Mythbusters, and they had like a vacuum and they had a guy twist, you know, from outside, twist the flag in the vacuum. And you see the thing continue to flap because it's in a vacuum. Yeah. And then they have the one in normal air, and then they do this, and the thing, because of gravity, it just stops. So they have it like completely backwards as to what's happening. Of course Maybe it's going to flutter. Maybe it's on strings, Ian. These, these well, and then they say work. it was filmed in a studio, in a soundstage, and then they say, but the wind was blowing the flag because it was on Earth. But you just said we were in a sound on a soundstage, right? And then they talk about, look at the, the shadows. The shadows are going this way and that way. And, yeah, because of the topo topography of the moon. You know, like it's not, the shadows aren't going to go straight when you have hills and rocks and mountains and shit everywhere, right? And, oh, oh, he's coming down the ladder in the shadow on the moon, right? You shouldn't be able to see him because it's a pure shadow and he's, it's like he's in all black, so you shouldn't be able to see him. They're not even counting for any of the reflectivity of the rocks and, and the, the regolith and all the shit around him. You know, I, I listened to a lot of podcasts. I heard one podcast. It gets me heated. That there was this guy on there, and he was talking about how the sun is really not far away. It's only the size of the moon or something. I forget what, what size he said. What? And that he that <laughs> it's just bullshit that you can train your eyes. That looking at the sun won't hurt you because they tell you that because they don't want you to look and see the reality. Whatever his explanation was, he just and that he would train his eyes. He's trained his eyes to look at the sun. He can look at it straight for 15 minutes well, a day. That's pretty smart. Yeah, that's right. pretty smart. Right? So people believe all kinds of crap and people say it and you can put anything on, on the internet. And first-hand experience or observation is really the only way you know something, right? It's, it's made life more interesting to know there are people out there who truly believe this stuff, though. I mean, I guess. But I mean, that was just 10 years ago when, when I realized there were actually people who truly believe we were never to the moon and who truly believe that we're not being visited, silly fools. We should talk about the aliens. Well, we'll, we'll do that another time. We'll re revisit some things. Well, that was a fun talk, Dan. Shall we wrap it up now? Yep, sounds good. We'll uh, do another one sometime soon. All right, see you within the next week. Uh, see you later, everybody.
Social Security Administration and the number to reach department is 669-210-8864. I repeat it, 669-210-8864. Thank you.